Welcome back to the Life Recovery Podcast with me, Serena Hussein. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about the three things. It's going to be like a weekly show and there's going to be three things I really want to focus on that I'm exploring in the week and that I want to share in a little bit more depth with you. If you were interested at all in receiving these in a newsletter form, then you can just go to one of my links, sign up for my weekly newsletter and you can I guess consume it in a different way Uh, but over here on the Life Recovery podcast this is where I will be in um, I guess sharing in much more depth and in an unscripted way so as you may have known from my social media if you're coming here from Patreon or my YouTube channel I have been putting my health and my mental health pretty much um as sort of my main priority I've had a really hard few months and I realized that there's just lots of things that just haven't been going right if we want to put labels on them and things need to go right instead of so left and so wrong um, in in such a consistent way as they have been going for a long time. So grab yourself a chai or a coffee I'm having a decaf coffee um, and let's get into this episode. So I have been revisiting things that really not just resonate with me, but things that I perhaps used to, I don't know, explore, uh, use in my life much more frequently than I have been recently. Isn't it interesting when you decide to have a bit of a time out or you have some time to reflect and you realize that um, there's things that you've really neglected, really important parts of you that really deserve to have a major part, play a major part in your life. And so these are some of the things I want to sort of um, explore with you, share with you. Uh, I've been exploring them and they've found sort of residence in my mind, in my soul, spirit, in my place, in my physical being on a daily basis. I have been revisiting this, I guess you would call it the Sufi art form. It's a, it's an expression of Sufism. It's called Kawali or Kavali. And it's a a type of music that is so devotional and it's so incredibly emotive and it can just take you to, I mean, it can stir something within you that, that, you know, it doesn't matter what your faith is, what your background is, it will take you to a place that, that just feels so incredibly moving. And so I want to talk a little bit about that with you. Also, I've been uh, revisiting Ayurveda. Ayurveda is the sort of healing art form known as to be the science of all sciences in terms of healing and health. Uh, The mother of all sciences, if you like. Uh, So I'm going to talk a little bit about that. And then the things that I've been doing to really manage my mental health and physical health and how I've just had to get back to basics. I'll talk about these as well. 
So let's start with Gawali. I will share some links um, that I know uh, are sort of really good examples of Gawali. And I would love to get your thoughts on on it if you're not familiar with this art form. I grew up with it. My late father was a real lover and supporter of this art form, uh, not just as a hobbyist or as somebody who just enjoyed it as a spectator, as a user. Um, of music I'm talking about in modern terms user as in we are all users because of technology but as a listener um, but also as a promoter as a producer and so I grew up um, with my sisters and mum and my father around this kind of an influence and it really did have a massive impact on me and Sufism always has. Um, there's roots um, in my family um, to sort of parts of, I would say, Pakistan and Punjab where there are sort of Sufi mystics. And there's a lot of history. It's very, very rich in history when it comes to Sufism. Sufism has a poetry um, component as well. And so you, you would have known of poets like Rumi, but there's other lesser known, but equally marvellous poets like Buleh Shah. And um, that, that's one of the sort of, I guess, um, enlightened, enlightened humans that I tend to revisit on a regular basis. Um, it's one of those things though, a lot of the translation, so much is lost in translation, but you can still get something from it. So I grew up, I grew up around the art form of Gavali and I always, it, it was, I guess it's one of those things, you know, when you're a child and you think that there's things that your parents like, they're just quite uncool and you'd rather just listen to your pop music or whatever. I came back to it again and again, um, even though I wasn't told or, you know, it wasn't forced onto me. Um, but I did, I would come back to it over and over throughout my twenties and thirties. And now I find myself almost sort of magnetized by it. I think it's um, part of a spiritual journey, part of my spiritual journey and also my creativity. I can really see it finding a place in my creative ex sort of expression and exploration. What's so moving about Kavali is that, you know, the late sort of the late great Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan um, was... So, so the way they sit, let me just describe the way that the performance is done. Firstly, there's something exceptionally brilliant about the improvisational element. It's much like much like jazz where it can go anywhere. There might be some kind of a idea or a established part or an established element. Um, but on the whole, it's um, improvised. And so it will never be short form. It's also it's always long form. And what's so beautiful about it is that you will have the main artist sitting up front and I'm giving the example of Nusrat Fateh Ali Khan. And I have a Spotify playlist, by the way, which you are more than welcome to tune into. I'm sort of curating some songs that I find just exceptionally moving. Um, so it's called Kavali by Serena on my Spotify. Links are provided. And so the artist will be up front and then there'll be a harmonium player, a tabla player, a dolok player or dolki player. And then you have other percussionists and then other men who are also singing and clapping 
I'll say men and women uh, for for a while women weren't I guess encouraged to be one of the musicians on stage in these performances and now you have incredible incredible musicians and artists like Abida Parveen who's a woman her voice just transcends it just takes you somewhere and so this long performance will go from sort of you have the clapping you have the other musicians on their instruments and then you have the sort of interplay of these elements with the vocal of the artist and the artist will sometimes go from singing form to spoken form it's incredible if I was to explore an art form or if I was to bring together spoken word musicianship and singing I can really imagine creating something like that where you can really just sort of move from one art form to the next but keeping keeping the listener the the person in the audience still very much engaged it's it's a beautiful beautiful experience to witness um and the subject matter i guess from a sufi perspective it's devotional a lot of it is about sort of the supreme love for for god or source the higher power and often you'll find that there might be a romantic element but what i really love about the romantic storytelling almost is that it's still within the context of a real devotional love for source and for god um it's never just about the romance um it's an extension of it and um I'm always brought to tears. I'm always brought to tears when I listen to this art form and I would really highly recommend anyone to just experience it. Um and and just see see what it does for you, see what it does to you. So this is um something that I've sort of brought into the mix again into my daily life, my sort of <laughs> hip hop and rap has taken a little bit of a side seat um and a sort of kavali has taken a front seat and that's okay it's okay it's what it's what's needed right now what else has been needed ayurveda healing healing um practices rituals um actually finding these sources of healing and uh medicine and sort of procedures and processes it's just so crucial for me right now and i'm getting a lot out of it it's really reconnecting me to uh myself but there's so much turbulence with it let's take a gulp there's turbulence because i think with change especially when it's transformative change there always will be I I don't like talk talking about illness so much but part of what I've been experiencing is a lot of brain fog and fatigue. But I still feel like I'm in good health because it's not as bad as it was around Christmas and January. But it's it's still feeling like I'm really slowing down and so it's not about trying to find ways to speed up it's about supporting my health. and really viewing myself in a holistic way as you know I like to do and that's what ayurveda is really about 
Ayurveda will prescribe a way of eating really essentially I think it's eating based on your constitution your sort of individual body type and we all have one of three or a blend of three and there's three and they call them doshas or doshas and the dosha that you might be may mean that you have more of I don't know of a cold Uh, I'm giving you some very simple, very simple explanations here, but it might be that you have a very cold um, temperament in terms of your physical experience, and so you might prefer heat in food or spice in food. I'm finding from my reading of Ayurveda is that it seems that you are attracted to, um, you might be attracted to something because of bad habits, and we have to fix those. But it will be that your body actually wants something that's more opposing to it rather than something that immediately sort of like specifically matches the type of body that you are, the type of dosha that you are. And so it's essentially um, prescribing a way of eating, a way of preparing food and a form of uh, living. Actually, it's not just about food and life practices that will bring your body and your mind and everything else into better balance because that's essentially the cause of dis-ease, disease. And so I've been doing some research into this again and I I think I know the type of dosha I am, the the, uh, constitution that I am and we're we're all a blend, We're, we're not usually just one. And some of us can be born with great balance and there's others of like me who who don't and have to work at it and figure it out and that's why these sort of I would say ancient art forms of you know healing are so are so uh that they are a great great source of information because after a while you might feel and you might find that you're sort of saturated with all the regular, the regular schmegular um, prescripted health advice. And so it makes, it makes a really, really good difference, actually, really big difference um, to explore something that you know is really rooted in sort of ancient traditions that are long established and have proven to have great, great benefits. There's a crazy storm here in the UK at the moment and I think I'm going to have to rescue my bins. The last thing I want to share with you on the podcast, and I again, I would love to hear from you. Please jump in the comments wherever you are. Find me on Instagram. I would love to hear from you on what your daily sort of basics are, the things that you have to do every day that keep you sort of tuned right, sort of like keep you tuned up in the right way because you see there are certain things that I absolutely must do in order to feel well and to get well and life takes over and before you know it you're kind of getting a little bit too lazy a little bit too flexible with um your discipline 
and that doesn't help at all. And so the three things that I've had to sort of really bring back in a big way, um, and, and actually there's things that I would coach about as well. Um, and so this is to show that, you know, coaches and teachers also have to learn. And um, it's probably a good thing, actually, if you walk the talk. And so I had to bring back my daily yoga flow in a disciplined way. Without the dynamic movement, not only can I feel like I am sort of keeping myself in the, in the condition that I want to be in physically, but also to get back into the condition I want to be in physically, in a, you know, in a way so that I can dance the way I want to, move the way I want to, feel the way I want to. But also dynamic movement like yoga, especially when you combine it with dance in the way that I do, is that it helps you on a, it's, you know, we're not just flesh and bone. It helps you on an energetic level as well. It really helps to move your body uh, through blockages, remove blocks, um, help to chip away at them and to bring more momentum into into your, I imagine like I'm like a whirling dervish and if I have blocks then there's things that are stopping me from just freely whirling and so that movement really allows me to just get that momentum back and to get that feeling of freedom back um, where things feel a lot more effortless and less painful and things have felt really really painful so I've had to become very disciplined about dynamic movement every day and it's not just about going to the gym or going for a long walk whatever you can manage it really is about doing something that's dynamic that really explores a range of body work vocabulary and also brings in your breath and your breath work into it as well. I go into much more depth in my coaching and I will have much more depth on this on my Patreon and hopefully my YouTube channel as well. So you can always check that out. But this is one thing. This is the main thing that I've had to bring back in a major way. The other thing, the other thing. Being very conscious when you're eating. I, I try to eliminate too much and I kind of took the soul out of my eating habits almost. I love being in the kitchen and I find that when you're cooking in the kitchen, when you are preparing for yourself, you actually become much more mindful uh, about the things that you want to eat and the, your body and your taste buds or whatever your sort of cooking curiosity, creative skills, uh, wherever they're leading, you will lead you to foods and things that will actually be really good for you and that, that you really want. And so when you are taking the time to do that and you are taking the time to prepare, then you might find that you will end up preparing and eating food in a much more conscious way and food that is more suitable for you. So this is one thing that I will not get flexible flexible on. I will make sure that I in, take time out to enjoy the time I have in my kitchen rather than rush through it because I've got to do a million other things. Food is medicine. But I think the approach to it and preparing it is also medicine. The process is a meditation. So uh, this is another thing that I am sort of embracing again, not, you know, reminding myself to do. I'm doing it, but it's about refining. And um, in my newsletter, I said, am I making the same mistakes over and over? Or is this how lesson or is this how lesson?